This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Spike Lipkin, who is the CEO at Newfront, and by Amy Stedman, who's the CPO at Newfront. Newfront are a technology-led, technology-enabled insurance brokerage operating across the United States. It's a pleasure to have you joining us on the show today, guys. I know you're in San Francisco this morning. I'm over here in London, so it's a little bit later in the day, but it's great to have you on. Welcome. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. Can I start off? Would you mind sort of sharing a little with our listeners about your own personal careers, your own personal backgrounds, and the steps that led to well, Spike, you leading and founding the business, and Amy to you to come in and join in the company? Sounds great. Amy, do you want to go first? Certainly. Thanks again for the opportunity. I guess to keep it as interesting as possible, maybe I'll I'll share sort of three buckets of the my personal trajectory. I think about why human resources or why people operations? How did I get into that? And it's really maybe the influence and inspiration that I experienced at, at business school. I was fortunate to go to UCLA, go Bruins. And at Anderson had the influence of professors who would share, any company can build a widget and sell a widget, but the companies that really achieve success are those that have a fantastic culture. And I heard that over and over in, in iterations. And so it really did inspire me to, to think about that as a, as a career, building culture, creating a place where, where people can thrive in their work. I've also been told I'm a really good listener. And I think that's imperative to this profession and affording me the skill set to focus on creating a caring, high trust work environment. I think though that ability leads me to the space and help me feel equipped to be to be a HR professional. I also think it's a hugely interesting. Every day is different and gratifying career. Maybe second, why the insurance industry? I've had the occasion to ask employees at, at Newfront and, and previously at EBD, why, why did they choose a career in insurance? And the answers vary really greatly. And I will say there's a common theme or coincidence that family members often drive folks to the insurance profession. For me, it was about the people. I've had mentors and managers and relationships that brought me into the industry. And now that I've been here, that the industry has virtues that are often overlooked by job seekers. And there's huge variety, maybe less volatility, lots of steady work, wonderful value and upside. And of course, you know, amazing people. So people are really at the core of the insurance industry and culture is so important to it. It's such a vital part of a successful businesses. Thank you for that, Amy. Spike, if you wouldn't mind sharing us a little bit more about your background and your journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think, 
you know, Amy put it well, this is one of the best kept secrets out there. You know, we are in an industry that has the perfect trifecta of it's rewarding from the standpoint of helping people. It can be really challenging and you can make a great living in, in this industry. You know, the other point that resonates that Amy made is I think a lot of folks come by this industry through family. You know, they're great grandmother, grandfather owned an agency and, you know, it's been in the family since, you know, I, I wasn't so lucky. I actually was on the other side of the table buying insurance and the experience of buying insurance really is not great. And I, I say that with love for our industry, but it's painful. You know, you fill out these mountains of paperwork, you wait six weeks, you get a confusing proposal that might as well be in another language. And then you're told, you know, pick this option. And if you have a claim, it might be covered. And if it's not, it's written somewhere in that 600 page document, the the exclusion that we're not going to cover you. So I just got obsessed with the industry. Um, I started thinking about how every other aspect of modern society was changing. You know, and at the time I was part of the setup of a business and I got to see how Every aspect of the back office has moved online. You know, the payroll systems online, the accounting systems online, the corporate banking systems are online. And so I started thinking about, well, if all of the data that previously sat in pen and paper and in file cabinets is moving into the cloud, that's going to change the way insurance works. And then, you know, at the same time, you have this generation that's becoming business owners. And these are folks who grew up with Facebook pages. Um, they filed their first taxes through TurboTax. And so I started getting excited. And, and then you think about the backdrop of, you know, you wouldn't have modern society without insurance. Um, you can track the development of, you know, commerce with the development of risk transfer and insurance markets. So got really excited. We got together at some point and, and decided there's a better way. And, and that's how Newfront was founded. And along the way, we had a competitor that we really looked up to and admired called ABD. And Amy was part of you know building ABD and founding ABD. And we at some point realized that our journeys were going to intersect and that we were better off together as one company. So that's how we got to this point. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's really interesting and great to see that perspective from the buyer side of things. I think often we're always looking at it from the broker's point of view. You know, we might put the client first, but actually seeing it firsthand and exactly as you describe it there, you know, we might think that we're offering our clients brilliant service and a lot of detail. But actually for them, it certainly can be confusing. You're really describing it in a, in a true way as you were that client yourself. So that's really interesting. Guys, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, five o'clock here in London, but it's 9am over there where you are in, in San Francisco today. So very different times of the day. But what's your go-to coffee of choice in the morning? Mine's an espresso. I have an espresso machine here at home and I go straight to the strongest brew I can right yeah. now, I think. India, usually two is about what, what gets things going. And on certain days, it could be a third. Very nice. I actually have an intravenous drip by my bed. <laughs> flowing into my veins. Um, you know, San Francisco has really great coffee. There's a place called Phil's with a Z on the end. It makes really great coffee. They make a mint mojito coffee that is about 9,000 grams of sugar flavored <laughs> with a little bit of coffee. So whenever I'm, I'm uh, walking by or driving by Phil's, I, I do that in the morning. Uh, we also have Blue Bottle that's really good here. We, we are the city of coffee. I'd love to give it a try next time I'm over, but I'm with you there, Amy, Nespresso all the way. Just that consistency, know what you're getting in the morning. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, thank you guys for that. Spike, if I may, would you mind giving our listeners an overview and a snapshot of the business, where you are today, Yeah, where the business is right now? Sure. So as we were talking about earlier, 
you know, we were very inspired to partner with businesses and help them solve these core problems. And what that means for us today is we are a full service retail brokerage. We work with businesses on, you know, risk management, insurance, total rewards, benefits, and retirement services. So we want to be the partner to businesses in helping them think strategically about how they're managing risk, how they're rewarding employees, how they're retaining employees. We work with all kinds of companies. So from apps that are on your phone that you use every day to, you know, I was visiting our team in Fresno yesterday. Um, we work with, you know, some of the food suppliers that provide lettuce for, you know, a lot of California. So we work with a really diverse set of clients. We're about 800 employees today. From a scale standpoint, we are somewhere within the you know top 40 brokerages in the United States and growing very rapidly. We are mostly employee-owned. We have raised some money from outside investors. They are minority interest investors, meaning that you know none of them controls the company. They own you know a small part of the business, but they're incredible partners to us. Our, our most recent investor is Goldman Sachs and B Capital, and we most recently raised about $200 million in a Series D financing. Fantastic. And where is the majority of your team located? Are a lot of them there in California or are they spread out across the country? I'm sure Amy's smiling because there's not a simple answer to that question in the post-COVID world. You know, I'll, I'll let Amy answer the specifics, but I think we are a company that believes that opportunity is often not evenly distributed, but talent is. And so mm. part of what, what our talent strategy has allowed us to do is go to all around the world and find the best talent. So we have teams throughout Latin America, throughout the United States, certainly, but you know, predominantly we are US-based with a skew towards the West Coast. Amy, I'm sure you have better detail than I do on that. Well, we do have some hubs, Nick. We have a, a, a good percentage of our team, as Mike mentioned, is in the Bay Area, California. And that that is dispersing, you know, as the months go by and we continue to grow. We have a hub, if you will, in Northwest Seattle region. And we're looking to create similar hubs because what we think that will be successful in accomplishing is giving a, a locale where groups can get together more regularly, despite our dispersed workforce. Yeah, it sounds great. And in terms of the business itself, how would you describe yourselves as being different to traditional insurance broker what the tech enablement what does that do what's the service that you're providing there for those customers so we believe the future really of a lot of aspects of financial services and certainly of insurance is still one where human expertise is key but we think the future is a future that combines human expertise with technology so yeah the insurance professional is still the core in our business and mm-hmm. will always be the core. And we think that's what our clients want. But when you think about the way buying or managing insurance works today is you have these skilled experts and they're doing every part of the transaction from the highly strategic thinking about you know how to put together a program all the way down to data entry. And so we've built technology that streamlines that you know bottom third of what our team is doing and bottom third of what our client's doing. So to give you some concrete examples, in the industry today, as a client, the application renewal process is insane, right? You fill out this mountain of paperwork, um, you get it over to your broker, it's probably 20 emails going back and forth, you know, there are spreadsheets flying, phone calls, and then at renewal, you start over, right? You're starting from scratch. We've built a digital intake process where um, clients can share information in a structured way. We can save that information year over year. And increasingly, our approach is how do we connect to systems of record with our clients, at our clients? 
So, you know, we ask for payroll information, for instance, mm. and in the industry today, you know, mostly you got to go into your payroll and copy a bunch of information out and put it into an application that, by the way, maybe is not the most secure application in the world and send it to your broker over an email service that might not be the most secure in the world. Well, all of that information is actually on the internet today. Um, it's mm. in the cloud. It's sitting behind an, a protected service, but we increasingly want to be able to plug into those services. So in Q4, we built an integration with a bunch of different payroll providers so that if we get permission from our clients, we can pull information out. But you could imagine you know, this whole spectrum of systems of record we will eventually connect to. So that's the application process on an ongoing basis. We still think that our clients want to deal with a human, but they may not want to deal with a human when they need an insurance certificate or when they need an endorsement or need to review some billing issue. And so we've built an online dashboard. So really similar to having an online bank account, right? You can call your bank and ask a strategic crest question, but if you need to check your balance, you probably log into your online bank account and do it that way. So ongoing management is different. And then finally, by pulling all of this information into a platform, you get structured data. And you know this is an industry built on data. The most common word and most common desired feature we hear from clients is around benchmarking and helping them understand their decisions relative to their peers. But benchmarking really is the last chapter in a book where you've structured all the data and gotten it into a system. So you can't just turn on benchmarking. Turns out you actually have to then pull everything else into a system. So then gleaning insights from data becomes a lot more straightforward. And that's sort of the final aspect of what our investment in technology is allowing us to do, helping our clients make more data-driven decisions about their insurance program and benefits program. Yeah, awesome. And are there any benefits as well for the carriers or some of the wholesale brokers that you might work with, any other stakeholders as well? Absolutely. So the way we think about our role in the ecosystem is we want to hand our carriers the best submissions. We, we want to check in with our carrier partners at the end of the year and say, were we the easiest to work with? You know, if you have a certain submission format, we want to adhere to that, but we want to do it with really accurate and really clear information. You know, there's a there's a joke that underwriters make that they get submissions written on the back of cocktail napkins and they sort of have to accept it. We don't want to do that. We want to get information to them that's accurate, that's clean, that's a full submission. And so by having it in this format, that's really easy for clients to pull information and pull information from systems of truth. We also think that we're benefiting the entire ecosystem and we're benefiting our trading partners. So we think there's a big benefit there as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. As you've grown over the years and you talked about obviously the big merger as well, what's been the biggest challenge do you think in growing an insurance brokerage and growing technology led brokerage like this? What are sort of the big obstacles that you've had to overcome along the way? Well, I'll start and then I'll pass to Amy to continue. You know, I think Amy said this earlier, it, it starts and ends with people. And mm -hmm. one of the greatest sources of competitive advantage we are building is a culture that embraces folks that come from divergent viewpoints, different industries. And so, you know, the, historically, the insurance industry hasn't done a great job of embracing technology. And, you know, every major carrier and broker has an innovation arm. And it's like a group of people that sit in a different building, that go to lunch together, that don't talk to anyone else. I don't think that's how you build the next generation client experience. I think it's having insurance professionals sitting literally side by side with engineers and talking every day. And you know, in the pre-COVID world, um, having a drink at the end of the day and and talking about work or you know going to lunch together. And so the the challenge is is bringing together these different groups and building a culture that embraces innovation, embraces 
a, a different type of thinking. I think if we can do that right, we win. And we also build a moat around the business that's really hard for our competitors to replicate. So that's been, I think, I, I you know, I know my focus, I know Amy's focus as well, and, and probably the biggest challenge, but also opportunity in our business. I might just add that the tactics of that, we're in a really competitive environment and, a, and an ever-changing talent environment. And so, the, you know, to, to be able to draw people in and, you know, win the talent that we need in the Bay Area in particular, we, you know, as we are a larger, more broadly focused organization, we're competing against some, some pretty compelling organizations. So that is, that's a constant challenge. Fortunately, and, and gratefully, we have, we have this exciting story. So we've been largely successful, especially in the last year, hiring great people. We have really, our head of data ran AI at Google, our head of engineering built the insurance tech team at Lyft. So we're we're doing exciting things despite that challenge. Amy, do you have a different strategy for hiring people out of the insurance industry to the tech side of the business as you straddle both of those markets, both those industries for talent? Is one more challenging than the other? Do you have different challenges with different sectors of the market then? Well, telling our story has really made a difference. And the answer is yes. We, you know, and it depends on the position. It depends on like these days, it can depend on the week or the the month with things changing so regularly. But, you know, insurance, you know, we mentioned at the at the beginning of our conversation, insurance isn't it's a hidden secret. It's not necessarily where people go to look for their career. And so making sure that we can put a spotlight on that and a, a lot of organizations in the insurance space looking into that challenge head on. And we have the advantage of this new technology and, you know, this new endeavor that is really helping us. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Brings us nicely on, guys, to the espresso round now where the questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. So I know you're both coffee aficionados over there in San Francisco. Are you ready for the espresso round? We're ready. Yes. Let's do it. The espresso round. How many people are you looking to grow the business by over the next 12 months? So I don't think we have a set number. It's we are growing organically. So we're growing by interviewing people, ensuring that they match our values and would fit in at New Front, and then maintaining a really high hiring bar. So we would rather not hire than compromise on our values. In the last 12 months, we've hired over 200 people. So we do have a really strong and effective recruiting arm. We are an organization where everyone's role is to recruit. You know, I spend probably a majority of my time recruiting. Our other leaders across the company do as well, but we don't have a set number that we're trying to hit. It's finding the right people for the right role. Yeah, but you've had significant growth, especially in the last 12 months there, which is really interesting. Alongside that, what are the culture, what are the values that you're looking to build there as an organization? We had the advantage, Nick, when we came together to revisit, revitalize our values. And so we have four that we are focusing on. And the first one is focus on people consistent with really a lot of what we've talked about this morning. We're a proud people-oriented organization and you know, building technology that empowers people. So there's a lot of focus on people in our values. The second one, my personal favorite is blaze a trail. We want to innovate and we want to bring people into the culture who are inspired and motivated by that opportunity. Our third Value is act like owners. We want to encourage and empower and embody accountability and people taking initiative to make things better and bring their ideas and their diverse thoughts. And, you know, tactically to to realize acting like owners, we've made every employee an equity owner. 
that new front. And our, our final one is really about kind of punctuating all that with deliver results. We're here for a purpose and we're here to deliver. So we want that value to really resonate with the talent we bring in and show in what we do. That's really good. Amy, I think this is probably another question for yourself. How do you maintain that culture? How do you maintain the values when you are growing so quickly? And this is the reason why I want to ask you is, you know, I do speak to a lot of CEOs, a lot of founders of InsureTechs, and you ask them how quickly they're growing their business. And they say, we're doubling next year or we're, we're bringing in 200 people next year. And it's just that off the cuff remark and that gets swept over with. But in practice, how do you actually build, how do you recruit people at that pace whilst also maintaining that culture as well? Thoughtfully and really intentionally. And, you know, it's a challenge. So with a with a new perspective every day and a commitment to ensuring it every day. I think about it a lot. I think a great culture in any environment and in, particularly in this one has to strike the balance between high care and high performance. And I think that high care piece was really, you know, highlighted in recent years with everything that's been going on. And it means really listening to employees and demonstrating empathy as an employer and creating a workplace where employees feel valued and that you know, the organization cares about people and then, you know, balance that with high performance, because that means being clear about expectations and holding employees accountable and and leaders and being fair and objective about assessing performance and rewarding the right behaviors. And so it's striking that balance. And we believe both can exist, but it takes a lot of work and it's a continuous effort, as I said. Absolutely. And then the other curveball you add to the mix is the remote working, the home working, the hybrid working. What do you see as the challenges and the opportunities with remote working? I think you sort of outlined a little bit earlier about the opportunity to recruit talent from different locations. What are some of the challenges and, and what are some of the opportunities with that? As you said, it does it does allow us the opportunity to broaden our talent pool. And, and there's some other advantages as well. I think it provides flexibility for professionals that have they've long wanted. And I think it provides a leveling opportunity for some underrepresented populations as well, or demographics as well, so that we can bring a, a better focus on DEI culture and values. But it is challenging. And so we've had to be really deliberate about connecting because there is a, a gap in people getting together and connecting. And so creating opportunities for folks to get together and connect on a personal and professional level it needs to be an opportunity for everyone. We also really focus on onboarding, Nick. I think bringing new employees into the fold and making sure that their onboarding is intensive in a positive way so that they understand what our culture is all about right out of the gate and then can carry it forward in their career. I think there's a specific challenge with emerging professionals who are maybe new to the industry, new to the organization, or new to the working world. You know, someone fresh out of college who has perhaps not ever had that office experience. So that's a challenge that we need to be really intentional about. And then, you know, I think the third challenge that this is all brought about is burnout. Some people mm -hmm. really have a hard time shutting down at the end of the day. You know, you're living at work, working at at home and creating that line to experience that balance is really hard. So as an employer, we need to encourage employees to take that time to shut down. It doesn't matter when you do your work, but you need to make sure you have some time for life as well. And Spike, if I may, as a leader of the business, as you're looking to drive forward the business, growing the business, how is that a challenge for you not having everybody in the same space? How are you able to really motivate and lead and get across your vision and the leadership team's vision for the business across to your employees where they might be dotted all around the country? 
Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a challenge, you know, and not to point the finger at the rest of the company, but, you know, we're an organization where leadership happens throughout the company. And I think that in a remote world, we can have a town hall every two weeks and Amy and I can get in front of the company and talk about our vision and our values. But that really doesn't matter, or, or that's nothing relative to the frontline manager living that every day. And so I think what's actually happened in the remote world and in this hybrid world is there's a lot more pressure on our frontline managers because they're every day working with teams that are distributed in different time zones, some people in offices. So our team and, and the, the people team that Amy leads has done a really good job of providing toolkits for managers, training for managers. It's incredibly difficult to be a manager in this day and age, right? It's not just the business demands, but there's a lot going on in the world in case you hadn't noticed. And, uh, and you know, managers are, are dealing with those issues as well. I do think that in any culture where remote work and hybrid work is important, you still need at various times to bring people together. And that's something we're still trying to figure out. Is it, you know, series of regional gatherings we do? Is it all company gatherings? You know, some of these things become harder and harder as we get bigger. But mm -hmm. I don't think remote work means, you know, you 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 never see your coworkers ever. I think it means that we are supportive of remote work and occasionally, you know, you're getting together. Yeah, fantastic. We really do over index on preparing, supporting that those people managers. They're mm. they're often the, the reason people come to an organization, usually a reason they stay. So we want to make sure they feel really good about, about their leadership opportunities and the tools they have to again help us create this great place where people thrive. Great. Fantastic. As part of your recruitment process, what do you look for in potential employees, particularly on the insurance side of things? So if there's someone now considering their next move and their next opportunity, maybe at a very sort of traditional insurance practice, traditional insurance brokerage, and they might like the sound of what they're hearing, you know, all about, about the technology and the culture that you've built there. What type of people do you look for? What do you look for when you're recruiting people into the company? Well, I, I think that really insurance, not insurance, we look for folks who match our vision and our values. And I think that everything else, you know, there need to be certain competencies and certain strengths, but really it all starts with finding people that align with what we're trying to do here. And so we have a values interview as part of our interview. We want folks who are here because they want to help modernize the industry, um, because they want to live our value of acting like an owner. So that's a part of it. Another part of it is, you know, I, I heard this phrase once that you should hire for slope, not intercept right? Hire for the direction people are headed, not necessarily the absolute level that they are at today. And as an organization, I'm proud of the cases, and I know Amy is as well, where we've promoted from within and found folks who are on this rise in their career and able to tackle a ton. So we also look for that. And we look for folks who are moving quickly through the companies that they work at today and have a track record of taking on new projects, taking on new initiative, and are going to do that here as well. What would you add, Amy? That is exactly what I would have said. It's perfect. I'm, I'm fine. What's the opportunity that you can then offer for them in return? Say, what, what's the sort of long-term career opportunity for someone when they come and join your business? I think there's never been an industry that is as important yet as ripe for change with mm. the right strategy, the right group of people, the funding to do it. And so you know, joining Newfront, we're at this incredible inflection point. And I think that folks who join today will look back and say, wow, we impacted an industry. We moved an industry forward. We made it easier for 
you know, thousands and tens of thousands of clients to innovate, to do what they do best, to, you know, produce lettuce for, you know, all of California. So I see that as just a massive opportunity that exists at Newfront. And, you know, I'm obviously a little bit biased here, but I'm not sure that exists in, in very many industries. And I think that the insurance industry has resisted change for a long time. And I think we're right at that tipping point and, and have the right strategy. I think we're going to make it exciting. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. No, I can hear the passion coming through from both of you. And clearly the track record speaks for itself as well there as well. So it's, it's fantastic. We're almost at the end of our time together in the insurance coffee house today. It's been great to have you both on the show. Do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And if anyone's interested in learning more about the opportunities available at Newfront, how would they reach out to you? So they can email me. My email is spike at newfront.com. We want to talk to people who are passionate about our industry, passionate about serving clients, passionate about innovating, and we're growing throughout our business. So we support remote hiring as well. So so absolutely reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And and we have great opportunities. They're changing regularly. So visiting what we have to offer is we would encourage that. And I love that Spike just gave out his email. Yeah. <laughs> Need a guess. I figure any anyone could have guessed it. I have a sort of unique name. And so um <laughs> not a hard email to guess. You probably can guess Amy's as well. Now now I just gave her email out too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll be sure <laughs> just in case anyone can't guess, we will uh, we'll post them on the show notes as well. So people Please can click it. straight through and reach out to you guys. I'm sure they will, because it's been a really interesting discussion. And it's really great to hear about what you're doing there. I think you're really innovating and great to see not only for your business, but I think for the long term benefit of the insurance industry as, as a whole. And I think it's going to attract a lot of diversity and a lot of great talent into the market who otherwise wouldn't be there. So hats off to you and all the very best for the future. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. To all the insurance leaders out there today, wherever you're listening around the world, we thank you for joining us. I'm sure you would have gained a lot of great insights um, and learnings from what Amy and Spike have had to say today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.